1: Welcome back, Flyers Nitty Gritty fans, to Getting Gritty With It with your host, Uriye Wallach, my partner in crime, Vasily Rocco's Vasily.
2: Welcome back, buddy. Hey, Reeve We're back for another one. Uh, you know, not much really going on in terms of Flyers news, really hockey news in general. We're kind of in that, like, lull period mm. other than our uh, RFA arbitration-type stuff. But uh, other than that, not bad at all. Uriye, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Pretty good, man. Pretty good. We kind of talked about how this is going to be an episode that we're just going to riff. Um, not too much like topical to talk about. So we're just going to kind of go off, um, on some things that we have written down. But before we do, I do want to talk about our sponsor. Usually I forget to give a shout out to the sponsor all the time. And I'll say it at the end or whatever, halfway through, but this time cannot forget this time. So, uh, actually our sponsor in this case needs help. Uh, Jim stakes. Um, they've had a fire recently and they've had a lot of damage. um, now don't, don't get me wrong. I know they have insurance and all that stuff, but we are doing a GoFundMe. Um, you know, there's a link to it on our social channel. I know Rebecca shared it out and I know Jamie's been sharing it out just uh, I, I'm not on social media much nowadays, but just please go. Uh, if you want to give anything, you do not have to at all, but just even a positive message or whatever to them, I think is more than welcoming or just go back when they open. Um, they will be back open. We, we, are offering them the free advertisement until they do. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope uh, they, they fix everything up because it's a legendary place here and it's fortunate, but you know, I, I'll say this, I can tell you, they make a lot of money. Uh, they will be open again. So that is the good news. At least a lot of people will get their jobs back and it's not the end of uh, you know, no law lo- lives were lost. Nothing like that in the end it's just property and some money and time and tears, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly, right. you That's really the main thing. I mean, that nobody was hurt because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen in a situation like that. So that's obviously, you know, good to see for Gyms and it is unfortunate, you know, people losing their jobs, uh, place burning down things like that, but I'm sure as, you know, a staple in the community that they've been for years and people, you know, know Gym Stakes. They some people probably travel to Philly just to try Gym Stakes themselves. So definitely. I I'm sure that, you know, they're going to bounce back better than ever and, you know, city of Philadelphia and even all over, you know, the country and in Canada, we're all here to support Jim steaks and help them get back on their feet. So yeah. kudos to Jim's for being, you know, a staple for all these years and we're here for you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, again, to me, it's like not even a big deal that we have a sponsor. Like it was always just cool to work with Jim steaks. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, like I'm not out there searching for sponsorships. I'll tell you guys right now I have a full-time job. I don't, you know, I don't care about the money. Take so here, yeah. it's just awesome to work with Jim steaks. I really hope that they get there. Uh, they're building back up soon. All right. Let's move into some, I want to say fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's I, guess say so. fun. Um, I do want to say shout out to hockey DB uh, for reaching out. I think it was Peter. Oh my God. I got to look at his name. That is so rude. Cause he invited me on. And uh, if you guys got to listen, it was pretty cool. Um, I think it was Peter. And then Ricky also. Oh, Ricky messaged me. Whoops. Uh, anyway, from a hockey DB, uh, they invited me on last night to talk about the flyers and Kelly Hinkle was there and Jim was on and, uh, and Jordan was on there and, uh, it was cool. Um, I'm probably going to repeat some of what I said there, uh, tonight here, if you listen to that, but, um, go check that out. That was cool. Hockey DB is an awesome resource. I've been using it for years. Oh it's yeah.
2: Per- for like draft perfect. 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 for For draft right. stuff, stats as well. It's Just-
1: quick. They also update their stats faster than everyone so uh, if you're looking for the most up-to-date stats are usually up, up to date by like that night um like scoring and everything yeah, you're so i fan- like if you're like the into the fantasy
2: stuff prospect well what
1: i what i use it nowhere. for a big thing that i use it for is um i've talked about this before i'll like go to the flyers draft history and i'll just click on all those names and just check to see oh, yeah. their progress there's also elite uh prospects obviously which has a really nice consolidated list uh there too but this is just another way to like see progress see everybody different
2: format exactly yeah
1: just a cool view um good website um but you know a lot of negativity on that show don't know if you noticed, and we got a little bit of feedback about our last episode about negativity and to be honest with you i we totally appreciate what you're talking about before this like we do try to be more negative i'm sorry we do try to be more positive because we are and it's legitimate like i'm not more positive i just i see it as solving a problem um, but you know, when we bring people on, we try to allow them to state their thoughts, their opinions. Right. So if it skews a certain way, that episode, it could be because we're just letting them talk. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, also,
2: nobody has a, like each opinion is different just yeah. because you have a different perspective doesn't mean it's the wrong perspective. Yeah. So you can't, you can't, you know, not let somebody give out kind of what they're thinking, what they're saying. So that, yeah. uh, that was our, our goal and yeah. usually is our goal for all our guests pretty much. Yeah.
1: It was awesome feedback, honestly, because it's so good to see that people, you know, listen to this for the mindset that Vasily and I have. Again, I didn't know Vasily prior to FNG, right? He joined FNG. Yeah. I see his tweets. Jamie brings him in. All of a sudden, I start to see patterns, and then by the end, you know, I bring him on once, and it just works out. You know, there, there's a reason that him, the two of us podcast together, right? It's a, it's, We have a, a little bit of different view than everybody else, and that's fine, right? Together, we make a holistic view um of what the fan base is but i think ours is just a little bit different where you know like i was even being asked this question last night it's a fair question do you think that the flyers are a playoff team or not and my answer was you know ask me after training camp you know people don't want to hear that everybody wants a definitive answer this is not a playoff team there's no way in hell if you look at them on paper uh, you know even the other side oh i I think that everything could be fixed you have no idea Go realistically
2: on. that's I mean that's why thought when it comes to really any team I mean there's been so many times where before our season I predicted well this team just look at their them on paper they don't look like they have it in them to make the playoffs whatsoever then they make the playoffs or are one of the best teams in hockey somehow yeah. so I mean sometimes weird things come out of nowhere um usually it's not like that usually i mean there's analysts experts for a reason they have the ability to kind of like look through the fabric and the structure of an organization see what kind of talent they have there and like make a decent projection but it's like you were saying uh that you mentioned off air last night that i mean it's sports for a reason i mean you you wouldn't watch uh if you knew what was going to happen so right which is pretty much the case like you can tell me the flyers on paper look bad i mean I can't say they have the best roster in the East, Eastern Conference, even, even a top eight roster, realistically, when well, you compare them to others sometimes. But I can't say that I'd be you know 100% shocked if they found themselves in the playoffs. I could see it
1: uh, Actually, let, let's say this is actually really interesting because you're like, they look bad on paper, right? And it's not, I'm not oh, saying yeah. you said that, but that is obviously a common thing. And you do yeah. look at the team on paper. You're not like, oh, this is this the is best team in the Top contender, yeah. Totally get that. If you rewind two years and you look at this team on paper, that is not the statement that is said. You rewind back two years, you go, oh shit. You got Selkie winner, Sean Couturier. You got young up and comer uh, Provorov, You have Ryan Ellis, who's still theoretically playing at the time. Right. You have Travis Sanheim was a high pedigree. You have like, young, even Owen Tippett was a top 10 pick, you know, yeah. Morgan Frost had all this promise. And it's like, now all of that seems com- uh, pro-Rob, obviously, and all that seems completely deflated. And I think that that is wrong. Is yeah. it is it is as biased as being overly positive. It is this yeah. exact opposite end of the spectrum. You cannot skew either way. We all fall into it. It is not. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not saying anybody's. Uh, you know, th- like we fall into it at times. But the reality is, is you have to be. Centered with all of this, and I and let's just make this the first topic. I think this is a good transition into this. And I actually didn't finish this, I think this was from the interview with Jordan Hall.
2: I yeah, it's Jordan I, Hall, uh, with yes, yes, and Philly with Rick um, Tockett.
1: Here, do you want to do you yeah. want to save the silly?
2: Yeah, exactly. So, Jordan Hall, um, had Rick Tockett on the Flyers Talk podcast, um, you know, this past week, and they kind of went through, um, just his thoughts on Ivan Provorov and and what he kind of believes about him. So I'll, I'll go through some of the quotes um, essentially. Um, pretty much uh, Taka just stated um, that, you know, he, he's trended down the last year in his play. He hasn't looked the best um, for whatever reason that may be, but obviously young defensemen, young players in a league as good as the NHL struggle, which is, you know, something we could see with a lot of guys that didn't play so well, got traded. And then teams regret that later on. I mean, Brent Burns, Flyers have done it with a couple pa- players, you know, like a Justin Williams, Patrick Sharp, whatever, getting ahead of myself. Uh, but talk essentially just said that, you know, even though he was trending down, uh, I don't know what's going on in the dressing room, but he's got that skill. He's got the hockey IQ. He's proved it in the league previously. Um, he also stated that uh, a couple of years ago, he loved the guy. He wouldn't have traded uh pro for anybody in the league. He thinks the guy right now gets a summer off to refresh after all, you know, that's happened here the last couple of seasons, he has a new coaching staff, new defensive coach. I think he can just kind of relax going into this year, and there doesn't have to be as much pressure on him. Uh, and the last quote that's interesting was that um, he, he was looking at Provarov's game and thinking that he kind of overpassed a bit this season. Mm-hmm. So that's just from his bird's eye view perspective. Forced. Yeah, forced so to overpass. Um, he was saying that he'd like to see him take more control uh, on the power play and be the top guy. Um, and use his shot more versus pass uh, as much as he's been doing. But all around, he really likes his breakouts and things like that that he's seen. And uh, he's capable to be a top defenseman in the league. So that was the gist of the article there. Yeah, I uh, guess Rick
1: Tockett is an idiot, huh?
2: Yeah. No, what, is, I mean, what does he know? Rick Tockett definitely knows hockey. And I mean, one thing that I have a very similar view of um, with Provorov is um, basically it's it's just that, I mean, if you look at the way – the The fundamentals of his game or structure just how he plays when the team is actually playing a structured brand of hockey and like players are supporting each other on the ice like he fits into that mold like a glove and the flyers have not had that type of mentality around their team or on ice structure at all the last two seasons so like i can't really blame a guy who's playing 25 to like 30 minutes a night on a regular basis on a team that is a dumpster fire and pretty much all three also the
1: youngest on the D, yeah out of york
2: yeah. Dumpster fire in all three zones. Um, So like when you're playing that much minutes on the ice, you can't like, it's inevitable that there's going to be goals against turnovers. When you play 25 minutes a night, you have the puck on your stick a lot. So like usually the best players turn the puck over the most, but it doesn't mean that they're bad it's just because they have the puck the most. So yeah. That's so all I'm gonna say. I mean, there were certain plays last season where I saw his decision making wasn't the greatest. You'd like some different, you know, looks out of the way he passed out of the zone, but also the, the forwards, in my opinion, weren't giving him good outlets and they weren't really supporting in terms of like being open to actually hit a pass. So it's either force a pass, make a turnover, or just ice it. So like I can't, I can't really blame the guy. Dude,
1: I have a feeling <laughs> that Ivan Prorov is going to have the biggest jump uh under torts of any single player on this roster and he's going to make everybody eat their words. I, I think majority of people do not realize who they are talking about. And and again, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but like th- this is a guy who came in with such a high pedigree who has the best work ethic of anybody on our team. And within half a year, the entire team was called or the entire sections of the fan base are calling him a selfish asshole and all this is all brand new i'm not saying he's a perfect person i'm not saying he needs to be a perfect person i don't really care i don't need any of them to be perfect people but when i look at a guy who's been in the position with all those skill sets all those tools just like um philly just like uh just like Rick Tockett is saying, he's like, oh, I wouldn't have him for anybody. I remember back in the day, people were talking about trading Rob and I said, literally short of trading for Austin Matthews, I am not moving my number one defenseman. Like We cannot yeah. afford it. And then it went, oh, I hope we can get rid of this guy. Th- things do not work that, that well that way. If they do, it's because your GM is doing a terrible fucking job. And everybody who wants to tell me that they do, look at the Shane Goss Bear situation. Was he actually worth trading a second and a seventh to move his cap, or did we get fucking ripped off? We got ripped off bad. And it's embarrassing now in retrospect. And you see what a guy like Anthony D'Angelo would bring in a return, who's a very similar type of player. Again, you can make the case that D'Angelo is much better than Ghost. Still doesn't mean you have to move a large amount of assets to get rid of a pretty reasonable cap for a 50 point defenseman. There is no guy in the city on the radio that is going to convince me that Shane Gosper is a terrible player in the NHL. If he is, he would not be playing here. And there would have been lots of coaches who would not be playing him. It, yeah. The reality is these are terrible ideas that, that this is making excuses saying it's not me. It's him. These are the wrong type of people we need. I am very much looking forward to seeing what Tortorella can do with his specific attitude and a guy like Provo specifically, who's had a lot of people go, Hey, Provo, you're not giving it to us to all of a sudden towards being like, Each one of you have to carry your own exact same amount of weight. I don't care if you're Provarov. I don't care if you're Justin Braun. I don't care if you're Cam York. You're all being treated the same. And I think under that, Provarov looks great. Because if you look at the way he behaves, he puts in as much or if not more effort than everybody else. And there's no coach in the world that's going to look at the way Provarov plays and goes, I don't know. I don't think the guy has it.
2: Or I don't think that's a guy that I'm going to want on my defensive. Or, uh, you know, a player that can play 25 minutes a night in all situations. and I've never like, oh, seen that from him. Yeah, that's Ever. the thing. Well, the thing is, I mean, and really the souring goes back to just like how he kind of ended that uh, press conference at the end of the season. The media kind of gets ticked off. Okay, like, I, I, I've gone back to this and essentially, in my opinion. Ports I, gets mad at the media. Yeah, it, that's that's the thing, right? Like, I don't personally care if a guy acts like a dick to the media. I mean, sure. I mean, you could handle situation in a more mature manner, whatever the real, the that's real, true. that is true. Yeah. The real thing is the guy's, I mean, 25 years old or just turning 25. So still, still a young guy. That's the first thing. He also you, didn't you say anything that bad. No, he didn't really say anything that bad. He didn't swear. He didn't tell anybody off. So that's the first thing. Like you think you would have done something terrible or something. But, yeah, not, not even to that extent. The real thing is that, like, I'd rather have a guy seem frustrated at the season that the team had and the lack of success and results and that come out come off like that because it shows the guy really cares. I've said this going back to the, that end of the season press conference and the podcast we probably did that week covering that, that, you know, a guy showing he's frustrated and showing that he's pissed off about his surroundings means that he wants to change those surroundings and hopefully, you know, better the team next season and, you know, perform to the best of his abilities. You could probably ask Provorov. He seems like a guy that, you know, puts in a lot of work in the gym, a lot of work on the ice, obviously practices a ton. Um, He looks like a guy that really would probably tell you that his last season wasn't the greatest. uh, And he could have been better at points throughout the season. I think you'd probably admit that. But uh, to say that, I mean, like some of these takes are these, these, Oh, these, he's the worst defenseman on the roster. Like, you saw outrageous oh, outlandish ridiculous yeah outlandish stuff like always, oh, a second pairing defenseman like yeah. no he'd be on the first pair on every pro- probably every single team in the league uh yes, maybe, yeah
1: i i don't i do not think that there's a team in the league that he cannot play in their top the
2: pair. only team would be like tampa and that's because you have like sergachev and Hedman. that's that's the only close team for me uh, yeah. okay i mean dude you
1: put Provorov on tampa bay i don't know he could have better numbers than sergachev why is yeah, that he so could, crazy? he could
2: no it's not crazy but it's i'm the saying same like caliber of player yeah, they're similar. They train together, but I mean, like, there's there's a very few select teams you could say, like, that's a, what I mean. Maybe one in the league. iffy.
1: even even Colorado, like, I'm not saying he replaces Kale McCarr. I'm not an asshole. But no, when you want Kale McCarr with a guy like Provorov, yeah, it's like exactly. literally a dream top pair. No, but
2: that's, even for Colorado. Like, who else would you place above him on their team? There like, is
1: nobody.
0: He would yeah, be the number
2: exactly. two. He'd immediately. be the number two. That's what I mean. It's and like this, on a cup behind a, cup a guy who's on a Paul Coffey...
0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinMIDI.com.
1: The type of uh, beyond that. Beyond, Bobby Bob, Orl. Bobby Orr level, yeah, Nicholas Lindstrom-like career.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Um, That's what mm-hmm. I
2: mean. So, like, I just can't um, buy into, like, the fact that, oh, Provorov, was never as good as we thought he was and it's just the, you know dude, the it, he was never time dude yeah but but that that's the thing look, that kind of irks me huh. like if you see respect to people with like you know a, a good mind and good opinion for hockey obviously rick talking guys played the game coached the game giving this praise to the they player don't be
1: honest dude yeah dude, people don't want to be honest they want to be angry
2: like, look, look at the way people
1: talk about Vorchek, man and I, I hear them all the time. I'm not going to list any names. I don't really care about calling people out individually, but I hear the way people talk about Vorcheck, who never really did here. Oh, yeah, only Hart Trophy candidate literally led this team in points almost every single was year. Like, was literally... Was driving engine, one of the best possession players in history on the Philadelphia Flyers. Was literally a
2: top-10 winger in the league. What the hell and, are you guys talking about? Like eight, moments eight left, left and right. Straight, yeah. Literally
1: him, Simmons, Couturier, and uh, Giroux carried this team into the playoffs. They wouldn't have made the playoffs at all without him whatsoever like the, even you can even make the case we lost the trade for the cam atkinson trade not because cam atkinson is worse but because you look at the puck possession game that we lost in voracek it was extremely noticeable this year
2: like uh, the team didn't have the puck ever
1: <laughs> people go oh yeah it's uh, voracek's a turnover machine uh, oh funny how he's the only one who can fucking carry the puck into the zone yeah you know, I, I get so annoyed this is what i'm saying it's like and i hear like even I think Dan said on our podcast that like Ghost was good for a, about a month. Like, what are you talking about? I can point out three seasons where not only is he good, he's very good. Yeah, exactly. A month? You reduce it to a month? Like, come on. This is what I'm saying. You want to make a real argument? Make a real argument. That is nonsense. And even though you're frustrated, I understand. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you're an idiot. But it's like, these are not real arguments. This is you getting frustrated and want to flip the board. The reality is, where we are is mediocrity,
2: pretty much. With a well, lot of bad I, luck. And I mean, it's, it comes to like bring up legitimate things. Like you can legitimately point out probably areas where Provrov struggled, but sure, the, the thing that he also hurt, finished
1: very strong. That, yeah, well, that,
2: that's what I wanted. To, that's what I was going to kind of end it with, Yerev. Is that like Obviously, you can you bring up the you bring up the struggling part of it, but like you fail to acknowledge the good in the game or where you the guy succeeding. So it obviously just shows what's bias the story. In the opinion. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So like, that's the thing, right? Like I, at least for me and the way i gonna evaluate a player, uh, there's been plenty of players that I thought were going to be really good. That didn't turn out to be good at all. But like, I can acknowledge that fact and say, well, I thought they were going to be good and they weren't, but I see the fact that they're bad and I can acknowledge where they're mm-hmm. bad. But you have to be able to do the same thing if a player, let's say you think a player isn't going to live up to expectations or isn't going to top out at what projection you're kind of aiming for them. You have to be able to say, well, you know what? I, I can bite my tongue on that. I was wrong. And and look how he's turned it around. Or look how when he puts gets put um, into position with a player that actually complements his skill set, like with a Cam York, versus LeBron. look how he plays when mm-hmm. there's more options around him. And That's the thing, right? And that's the thing within a team game like hockey that um, – Really needs to be focused on is that it's like anything. Obviously, any job, um, if you don't have the right support around, you're not going to be able to do what you need to do effectively. And last season, for majority of it, I mean, Rob just did not have the right supports around him. First off, with playing with a defensive partner like Braun, who I mean isn't bad to any degree, but was playing above you know uh, his level on the first pairing, and obviously isn't a good skill set match for Rob And then secondly. I mean, j- just defensively and um, the structure of the team and how the forwards kind of, um, you know, helped the defenseman out, it was really non-existent most of the season. Like, they would not back-check. were seasons. not Yeah, two, two seasons. seasons. Two seasons, actually, yeah. Going back to AV, that season was terrible as well. And I guess half of AV for the we last We gave them the
1: excuse of COVID, and when COVID wasn't the problem, the problems were still there.
2: Yeah, pretty much. and That's what I mean, right? Like when you have your – in hockey, if your forwards don't support the defenseman, there's only so much the defenseman can do to close the gaps up top once the trailer's left open. Uh, What your goalie can do. Yeah, that too. But once the trailer's left open and the forwards are not back to cover, he has the puck, and then now he can facilitate a shot to the net or facilitate back down low and then your defenseman scrambling because he's like oh no the guy up top has the puck now no one's here to help i need to scramble up and then just causes chaos right there's no structure and that's that's the thing with tortorella that like you hope he's going to be able to implement and you hope that he's going to bring back a semblance of yeah it's a structured style of hockey where at the very least the team's in position and it's not going to be like oh no we're down three nothing in the first period and it's 11 minutes in, like, you know what I mean? That's a lot of the time where the flyers found themselves. And that's not what a structured team. I thought what a bad hockey team does is what a team that's unstructured does.
1: Yeah, man, I'm not, dude, I'm not convinced that AV was, was doing a good job at all. Coaching at least over the past 12 months. No. Like communication-wise, organizing. To start committee.
2: off, it seemed like he had a good, uh, you know, it seemed like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, Things but if you were in flux. like In, in the beginning of the team season, or here? Not, no, I'm saying the first season he was coached. Something and happened. And then something dude. happened along the way. Something line. happened. We're not COVID, privy dude. to, obviously. Something
1: uh, personal. And I've, I've heard, I think Charlie O'Connor hinted at it. Something personal happened in this man's life where he it's lost. It's possible. Focus. Dude, he does yeah. not coach in the NHL right now.
2: No, well, he – I think there was like – I don't know. I don't want to put anything out there that's crazy, but like I heard in passing stories that like he had uh, potentially like health issues within his family. And that's something that could – that's something that could affect anybody to that level, right? Yes, uh, it could be. I don't want to blame the guy.
1: That's the thing. I'm not going to attack him. I just don't think that – He
2: wasn't doing a good job, and that's that's not on him. Like I mean, okay, if you're in a job, hypothetically, right – like, are you gonna fucking fire yourself? Like, it's up uh-huh. to your boss to do that. So like, he's not gonna actively go up to Chuck Fletcher and be like, you know what, you should fire me. Right. If Chuck Fletcher doesn't have the wherewithal to fucking see that, then that's or his he whole
1: knew, problem. or he also knew what AV was going through, and and, he, and that's and another thing. Let's give him
2: a se- let's give him a second chance. He has a summer it's off. The human side, recruit.
1: most of us don't don't see where you know.
2: Well, I mean, if you're in a job and you're in an environment where you work with people, you do see situations like that where you pick up the slack for something. I mean, look, really-
1: I lost my dad when I was working in a work environment. I left yeah. for Israel for two months. People yeah. picked up the slack, behind me, mean, didn't even question it. You know what I mean? It's okay. like. Exactly. That's kind of what happens behind the scenes. A lot of times it's not going to be expressed to you. I'm, I don't know if that's the case. We could be making excuses. for no, I don't yeah. know. But I'm just saying, like, there are all kinds of reasons and relationship behind stuff. And I, I just I'm really I don't know, man. A lot of the like I feel like a part of people like they don't really want this team to actually be better. Like they yeah. more want to be validated that they are that they hurt that they're hurt. You so know that what doesn't
2: I, make a lot of sense to me personally. Well, like it like like you could say whatever you want about the strategy the team's taking and well, you know what, they need to build for the future and you have to do that a certain way. And everybody has their different opinion on that. But, like, if the Philadelphia Flyers are a good te- hockey team next season, you like the Philadelphia but, Flyers and you're a fan but, of them. But the, why would you not want that to happen? doesn't it, make a lot of sense. Well, okay.
1: Like, I'll, I hear the stuff like, oh, I don't see a foreseeable way on how this team can be good. Or how could you possibly see over the next several years what the team has ahead of them available to them from an outside oh, perspective I mean, and tell me exactly if they're going to be good in a few You have zero idea. Not not just
2: zero ideas. No, and, and I would say too that like we're not experts by any means. We don't have fucking any idea either. So you know what, like it, to each their own. To yeah, their but we own don't opinion. pretend
1: like we we're not saying that we know what's going to happen for the no, next. No, 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 exactly,
2: exactly. I mean, but, that's the point. No, that's what I understand. But I'm saying, like, what I also mean mean to add on to it is that, like, if you hypothetically, um, you know, want the team to be bad, let's say, because you're you're wanting to be validated for some s- sort of reason, like I think it's subconscious. No, well, it could be subconscious, but there's no way for you as an outsider, like you're saying, like, how would you? Actually, know that like, do you watch every single prospect this team's drafted intently and know exactly like what their ceiling is going to be? They're not even going to tell you
1: that. 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 Let's 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 not even be accusatory and be like, you don't know enough info, right? They're going to tell you it's a gut instinct, right? We go off gut instincts. We have gut instincts, right? Like Ryan Ellis' criticism I had that was a gut instinct at the trade. It wasn't me going Ryan Ellis is a bad player. I was like, I was like, ah, this isn't the move I would have made, right? It was just a gut instinct. I, I don't know why exactly I was, you know, I was right about it in the end, I guess, to some degree, but, you know, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why. And I think that's what people are saying is like, they just don't, they don't feel like the things are in place to get better. And I totally, totally All get right. that. The problem yeah. is, is that your perception is not informed. And I think it, and I don't mean that again, like you don't watch the game and you yourself, that person criticizing are not informed. It's that, we do not have the foresight to do these things like when you ask me if the team will be good i cannot answer all of the questions of if tortorella will do too a good many job many
2: variables though how can you possibly I mean.
1: yeah. e- exactly so your answer realistically that, like if i threw yeah. you in a court
2: case your answer is i don't know it can't be just like they're bad but why there's no reason to point to until until after cuz they hurt you cuz yeah. they hurt you
1: and they did and they sucked and they were mismanaged and they might continue to be mismanaged. And that will be painful. And I get it. Yeah. People are preparing themselves already for oh, it. Uh,
2: of and course. That's that, that's the thing that sucks, right? <laughs> like, obviously, you're you're a fan of the team. You want to see the team do well. It's just yeah. that, like, there's so many aspects of the organization that just, like, we in general aren't privy to certain things. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to just be like, well, the whole staff and everybody in the organization has no idea what the fuck they're doing and yeah. what they're talking about like i just can't like it's a professional organization there has to be somebody that fucking knows something that has some sort of insight into something obviously but but the, the thing for me mainly is just like i look at the way the team's drafted and like i actually kind of like a lot of their draft picks and that's the thing for me that um i look at and and i think like okay in the past okay we, we were, have two
1: players in the world junior team We should probably talk about that too. Yeah, Tyson
2: Forrester and uh, L.A. Day Two of the more promising guys that I think actually could have an impact coming up um, quite shortly, potentially. But um, I mean, with the prospects and stuff, I I really like the the way Fletcher's drafted. um, And it's really not on him, it's more Brent Flair who's in charge of that. And I like the way the team has drafted and their scouting staff, well, not scouting staff, but um, like the way Flair runs drafts has shown kind of promise in Minnesota with how. Their team is now. A lot of those players were Flair Fletcher draft picks. So I mean, I'll give the process a chance with what they've done in the past. Here, like, did anybody think Kirill Kaprizov is a fifth round pick? No, no nobody. Nobody can,
1: nobody can. Nobody. And nobody quite frankly, if we would have drafted Kaprizov a fifth this year, most people would be like, "Who cares? He's a fifth but round that, pick."
2: But what I'm trying to say is, how do you like? It's not. I'm not going to try to sit here and sell you that the Flyers' fifth round pick of any of the last five seasons is going to be fucking Kirill Kaprizov. But like, you really never know. Oh. And like, and like, is anybody watching these games who's making the opinion, like, Oh, the flyers are shit. They're going to be super bad. Like, does anybody know these processes that no. the are going to Dude. Hit? That's what I mean? So look, I like look,
1: look at the way people are talking about cutter Gauthier. They could yeah. care less. All I keep hearing is when is this team going to add young talent? You just added a top 5 pick, top center potential, US-born player and you could care less. In fact, yeah. the only thing I keep hearing about how he's the wrong pick
2: or how he's a second liner and he's yeah. never or he's going to be or, another middle six or, or like
1: or even know, and again, man. I really like Jordan Hall, but last night he said that there's nothing elite about Gautier's game. That sounds like you've never seen him play. I I don't yeah. know what to
2: say. Like yeah. You know I, what? I'm not going to talk shit and be like, oh, I watched Cutter Gautier play, play, and like, I, I, I like looked for film, but like, I watch highlights of the guy, and like, if you just watch the guy's highlights, you can see the. If skill his
1: la- if his name was Cutter Kachuk, would you be excited about him? You yeah,
2: wouldn't you? Yeah. Also, a number five pick.
1: Did you know Kachuk would be a hundred point player, or were you just assuming that because his father was? And how many players do we see that have a really good dad that they're not as good as their dad? So a lot. like. I, oh. <laughs> none of this is set in stone. That's none what I mean.
2: That's what but, we're kind of trying to get to, basically. But, just yeah, like, but, you, can't, you can't just predict that the team's going to be bad just well, by the fact they were here, bad the last two seasons.
1: Here let's let's throw out a scenario. Let's throw out a scenario yeah. right now, Vasily. We all feel a certain way right now.
2: Obviously. Totally
1: yeah. understandable. Let's say the Flyers are not a great team this year, right? But they make the playoffs barely. They're that middle-of-the-road team that everybody's worried about. Well, all of a sudden... We're not the worst team in the league anymore, are we? So we don't need to think that way. That means when we go approach trades, we don't need to think that way. When we approach free agency and other players, they don't think that way about us. Our staff doesn't feel that way. The young players feel better about themselves. Oh, and by the way, we did just draft a number five overall pick that you're adding to a team that has improved. None of this is crazy. No. It's all the steps to improving.
2: Yeah. Does it mean you're going to win a Stanley Cup? No. no. But also, too, like my perspective is that even though they were bottom five this season, like, especially in terms of the athletes, uh, like, sure, you could say some guys don't have their confidence, but I mean, they're professional athletes. They made to this this point and to this you know to the nhl for a reason so like they obviously believe in themselves they still do believe in themselves and have belief that they can bounce back as players and as a team so like i just think that i mean it's overblown oh the team you know they they're already throwing in the towel like it ha- nothing's even happened yet so like just seeing that I mean, take before seeing that take from people before a season's even begun is kind of just like tiresome it's just because like you haven't even watched the game you haven't even watched the team you haven't even, it's like a completely different. I mean, I know you could say it's a it's lo- Fletcher's you fault. You could say you could say, oh, you know, they're running it back to all these players, but like realistically, Dude, it's I mean, a, there's a lot. excuse. From last year. night, yeah, from from last year's uh, opening night roster to this year's, there's significantly different players on this roster than we're on the opening night roster last year. It's the first thing. The second thing is the whole coaching staff's different. So the fact that you can say that, oh, we already know what this team is, is preposterous because like you literally don't have any fucking idea. Well, like what system they're gonna play, what, how their lines are gonna be structured, how anything is gonna play out at this point. So yeah, like,
1: well, this I is why know. I get frustrated because I, I, I feel like people don't actually care. Like I feel like we're we're arguing the nuance when like the nuance doesn't really matter to to most people. Probably, like yeah. they'll
2: find a different. But I mean, we're 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 arguing the hockey nerd nuance, basically.
1: That's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, like the, like no matter what, if it happens different there'll still be that like, yeah, but this, yeah, but this. And I feel like we're just arguing with that where it's really no point to do any of that no, anymore because it doesn't do anything. And it's actually at the end of the day irrelevant. And just, it's frustrating since you find yourself arguing with reality and it's like, it doesn't help. And I still love this saying, you know, yeah. You- <laughs> and I say it like almost every time and it works in every context that I've been in. You can ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough label. You are a fighter, and is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Like We're perfectly
0: soft. Yes.
1: <laughs> like you can talk shit on the team and say they're the worst team ever. And then if players do well, you can't just be like, oh, well, they're still the worst team ever. No, you look insane.
2: No, look at the stats to show yeah. otherwise, right? Just like
1: just like you can't say, oh,
2: Morgan Frost is
1: absolutely having a killer year and he has eight goals total in his career, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can't do any of that. You have to just say it is what it is. This is not that bad and it's not very good. And that is not a great place to be from a predictability standpoint. And that feels awful as a fan. Yeah. To not know if you're going to get worse or better.
2: Exactly. There's no um, way to really know just based on, you know, the performance last season. And then also just all the question marks going into this season. But that also does leave room, I mean, for optimism, I would say, because just like you don't know how bad they're going to be, you don't know how good they could potentially be. But
1: but I feel like that's what upsets people too, right? Like most. lack most like uh anger is rooted in a loss of control right so if you like look at the fact that you're a fan of this team you're investing your time your emotion your energy you have no idea if they're going to beat up your emotions or ride you high you know your immediate thing is to just be angry at them right i don't know what you're doing screw you yeah right fair enough don't blame them don't blame anybody and flyers deserve that, but it's not a reflection of reality, unfortunately. It's a reflection of the management Opin- job. of
2: opinion and management, really. Qu-
1: quite frankly, the job that Chuck Fletcher is doing, I-, I do think, there's plenty of criticism there for the role. Of well,
2: team. no, there's tons of criticism for Fletcher, and he hasn't done a good job in terms of asset management over the years and just nice. his off season in general. And I think that's really where a lot of it um, stems from. I mean, yeah, yeah, I-, I think if he showed a concrete plan and actually like followed through on that this offseason. I don't think the fan base would be as pissed as they ultimately are, which they have every right to be mad at management and just the way they've handled things. But I just don't think that that anger at management should also be on the players because it's really not their fault that he butchered, you know, certain acquisitions, certain potential trades, certain potential signings. That's a totally different like like the hockey team and the management side of the hockey team are two totally different things, despite being related the players on the ice don't control the management and vice versa. So like you can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. And that, and I don't think any player is sitting here thinking like, Oh fuck. Cause Chuck Fletcher did a shit job in the offseason. That means I'm going to be trash this season. Like I can't see any professional hockey player taking that mindset. No, That's, that's the thing, right? They're probably gonna say they're probably in in fact gonna say um that you know what, this is more opportunity for me to prove myself that I can be the difference I, maker. I,
1: I so. would say the f- actually that's a really great point. Um so, like, yeah, if you're a Morgan
2: say- Frost, like you're thinking to yourself, well, no big acquisition was made. I have the skill, I have the talent, I'm gonna break out.
1: With. I would look I would look at it so different if I was a player. Actually, to your point, I would look at it as like Chuck Fletcher got rid of the guy we thought was a problem who we stopped playing for. He fired him. He fired all of the coaches. Our long
2: time captain is gone. Yeah.
1: But, but again, he fired all of the coaches and didn't trade us all away.
2: Yeah. Almost like a double down.
1: He didn't trade us all away. He didn't buy out every player left and right. He didn't even buy out JVR. You know what I mean? The guy that they must've known was rumored to leave. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't that aggressive to get rid of everybody. He is buying a second chance for a lot of these guys. You could think he's an idiot for doing it, but there's no way the team is going to think that there's no way Morgan Frost is going to think, Oh, he didn't bring in a third line center because he thinks I can do it. What an idiot. You know what I mean? He's going to be like, Oh, okay. Well maybe they believe in me to take this
2: spot. And I think I can. Yeah. That's what I mean. And that's the side of it. I think that people fail to realize like no matter how much you think Fletcher's an idiot, There is a certain side to like developing people that work for you or showing a sense of like belief in them to get further out of them, right? Like if you are in a in a job, that's how you develop people develop their skills in general. So you know
1: what's funny? The backup goalie thing is the least of concerns to me, and it's pissing a lot of people off. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like,
2: I think I I don't care. The only the only reason it pisses me off, and it doesn't piss me off like a lot. Because I actually think Sansom's pretty good. It's just if Hart gets injured, they're kind of fucked. Well, That's I, think.
1: I, th- I think that this is the type of season, offseason, they should have had last year. Realistically, even less. Like, it, what is the risk? Like, are the, the risk is, do you think you're a playoff contender and you need a top goalie? If Carter Hart's out anyway, you're not going you're anywhere not be and, and bringing in any type of re- Even Martin Jones, he's not taking it. He's not doing shit. Not more than Felix Sandstrom. Quite frankly... I'm like, this is the year to bet on these guys. This is the uh, year to give it to
2: Sandstrom. It sucks uh, with the Fedotop situation. It's like, I would have loved to just... This was the year to do game. it. That's, that's what, what I'm mean. i I love. I love that move. We're, yeah.
1: we're not very good. You're not risking a lot. You're not Sandstrom lined up has, for a playoff yeah. spot.
2: This is the year you bank on York. But that's what I mean. Like if Sandstrom, let's say Sandstrom plays well, that's another asset for you down the line. Because uh, uh, he's nine for two, two seasons. But also like if he, let's say the team plays well... And that looks to be a weak spot, you can always add at the deadline. So, like, there's two ways to if it yeah, doesn't think theoretically, you theoretically,
1: theoretically, but again, most people know the future anyway. So, what's the difference? You don't need to add a goalie for the playoffs anyway. And if Hard is injured, then Sandstrom's your guy, your team's not very good, and you're in the Connor Bedard race, and you yeah. win-win, and you didn't give up any assets. Oh, and by the way, there is still a large portion that is supposed to be LTIR. And I am not seeing any single p- person bring up the very sheer fact that you can add players into the season. Yeah. The lineup that we start with will not be the lineup at the end of the year. And and every season, every fucking season, and I'm sorry to get angry, but every season everybody pretends like the season we're starting in training camp is the season we're finished or is the team we're finishing with. No we're not.
2: Well what so the like, last season's training camp roster to it, the end.
1: It's every year. Almost right. every year is like that. So every time I see people freaking out about like Okay. Are we a legitimate playoff team? No, then I'm not really that worried about it. If I was, and I got to compete for a playoff spot, I'm like, Hey, how did you not bring me in a guy? I can ride. If my top, that makes sense. But right now with so many question marks, what is the fucking difference that it was the year to go for Fedotov and Sandstrom? In my opinion, that's why nobody complained when that was the combination.
2: Yeah. I like I like Fedotov sandstrom combo more than Samson Samstrom Grosnick for sure. Grosnick um, is
1: not an option. I think they're bringing in. A, I I think we're gonna have a bunch of PTOS. That's my yeah, guess.
2: That's possible. I mean, I saw a rumor. Uh, I mean, don't quote me on this. That like this is gonna happen or anything. But I just saw in passing on Twitter uh, saying like the Flyers potentially may be interested to give a PTO to like a Phil Castle. He's still out there, so never know.
1: Dude, he'll work for hot dogs, bro.
2: That'd be kind of interesting, to be honest. When yeah, I saw that, I'm just like, I, "Well, no." My my thought is like the Flyers' power play stinks. Like he's good at the power play. So. I would I would be Why happy not? to
1: take again Phil Kessel on a one year deal. You know, I, yeah. I I don't know what's gonna happen, dude. What if Ryan Ellis comes back? Well, that's I mean, fuck that. Would be <laughs> Which I don't. Right? Look, I'll be honest with you. I don't I do really not think expect he will, at all. But, but what do
2: I know? So. What do we do? Well, what happens? Yeah. How do you?
1: How do you? Who sits? Well, I mean, if he... York York plays
2: in the minors. If he comes back... Then York is in the minors. Yeah, possible. I mean, honestly, maybe. It's either that or... uh, Because... No, not even. He might not even be because, like, realistically... Okay, let's go go over this, actually, because I kind of wanted to bring this up. Dude,
1: I Um, mean, are you going to bench Braun?
2: No, not this part, but, like, roster-wise, I think... What was it, so... Because that, because certain...
1: with you, that would make York the number seven on the team.
2: Yeah, not really. Um, I mean,
1: he's he's above Braun in my opinion,
2: but cap space like right now. So okay, okay. So right now, like this is their lineup um, with with Van Riemsdyk, Couturier, Konechny, Scott Lawton, Kevin Hayes, Cam Atkinson, Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, Delaurier, Brown, Zach McEwen, newly signed one year deal, mm-hmm. Hannah Lasinski. Um, and then Provorov, D'Angelo signed, Sanheim, Ristalinen York, Braun, Sealer LTIR, uh, Ryan Ellis. I think they're about like 500 to 800,000 over or something along those lines. So like they can, they can, uh, I should look at LTIR
1: Farabee. The, well. That's
2: what I mean. Yeah. So they can like send like, a McEwen to the minors hypothetical.
1: sealer i don't think will be
2: or sealer they could i don't send, think he'll be in the NHL. they could send really I, either or like i
1: don't it. think McEwen's gonna be in the nhl too we should talk about that too and yeah I think so it's... they
2: have so they're 83 <laughs> so they're yeah five hundred sixty four thousand over the cap um with allison um 23 full man roster and yeah so you either got to go 22 man or put someone on ltir Essentially,
1: well, oh, I think without a doubt, we're gonna have some LTIRs. We could still have some more leading up to the god forbid. Yeah, but like,
2: I think that's why the Flyers ultimately, like, we didn't announce this or to kind of bring it up, but I mean, the Flyers resigned the Zach McEwen one year deal, one way contract, nine hundred twenty five right. thousand. What was the quality?
1: When- what was the qualifying offer though? It was a two year deal.
2: Yeah,
1: and it was a two way contract. Yeah. Why? Because they plan on waiving McEwen.
2: Yeah, but I think the reason why McEwen went for the nine hundred twenty-five thousand and uh, Bill Meltzer mm-hmm. kind of
1: yeah, it's a one way deal. He gets paid no one
2: one way deal, so he's going to get paid whether he's in the minors or not because he suspects McCubrey, they're going to waive him. Probably. I mean, and wouldn't you suspect that if you were him and you saw them sign like a beer image of you? But th- that's exa- on the fourth but, line. But that's so.
1: exactly what I said when they signed Delory. I was like, oh, they're going to sign McEwen a two way contract.
2: Yeah. And then, like, if if you know, there's games where DeLaurier gets injured or something, they'll bring him up.
1: Yeah, Mc- that's what it is. I don't. I'm not confident McEwen can make this team out of camp.
2: No, I just don't see the mix on the fourth line. Unfortunately, I like the guy though. But... I mean, if Allison is healthy,
1: who makes the team? Allison or McEwen?
2: Allison, like personally, Allison by far. He's a I much mean, better player. I don't know. Like the fourth line is personally, like if it's me, like I'd rather have the fourth line be. Allison, Lasinski, and Patrick Brown. Like, I don't even want DeLore. Like, DeLore is going to fucking point it
1: I honestly think DeLore is going to be better than we think. I'd rather have DeLore than Patrick Brown, I think. But Liz- with Lasinski and Allison. I- yeah. I- I- I'm i looking forward to what DeLore brings. I mean,
2: realistically, I would want my fourth line to be Wade, Allison, Talos, Lasinski, and Isaac Ratcliffe. I, I would actually want there.
1: it to be Scott Lawton. I want it to be yeah, DeLore, I mean, Lawton, and Allison. As a I just
2: think line. with... Uh, Imagine that fourth line.
1: Imagine playing against that fourth line. They it would be, be a nightmare.
2: I, I just think with Fairby out there, Lawton's already destined to be up. Like so. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. No, I understand why, but it, it, my ideal situation if your four, fourth, fourth line has center.
2: Scott Lawton, then you can run fourth lines like four lines. I mean, I
1: look, I look at a guy like Noah Cates. I look at a guy like Tippett. I look at a guy like Ratcliffe. Like these are all guys that I'd rather play in a top wing position and have Scott Lawton
2: hold yeah. the middle of but the that's ice what down, I, but, but that's the thing man we like don't have uh, enough centers right now with yeah no that's, that's not the problem and that's why I kind of patrick brown slotted in there first yeah off. And i think and you're then,
1: probably right but
2: yeah and then i mean personally me like i i want a guy like Radcliffe just to get in because like guy's getting older but like big dude six six like once he hits man like i also you're don't gonna see, see the benefits so like, i also I don't, don't i don't see the point was... of getting a, a guy like I, I don't see a point of playing like a McEwen delorier type the... That's why the saying. money you're paying them. That's so much potential, you know. Who
1: says McEwen is going to outplay Ratcliffe? And he, not, they, I don't they they might think not. That,
2: that's, and, that's what I wonder. No, I don't, I, mean, think,
1: I, I don't think he outplayed him last year. I think Ratcliffe no. is already
2: a better player. That's what I kind of wonder is like, let's say Ratcliffe comes in hypothetically and like kills it at camp. Like, if you're John it's Tortorella, like a for that. yeah, if you're John Tortorella, and I mean, like, to you, be see, you see, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you see, if, if you see Lasinski, Wade Alton, and him killing it together like how can you from a hockey standpoint be like i need to have nicholas delorean fucking patrick brown like i just no, i feel like Torello won't give a fuck like i wouldn't be surprised if like, they have to waive nick delorier and because yeah. it's such a high
1: contract nobody will bite yeah
2: and obviously it yeah.
1: won't matter until they get cap compliant but i mean it will be a paper transaction never gonna move him no but i wouldn't be surprised if they do weird shit like that because McEwen,
2: like the 13th forward yeah. yeah
1: nobody's really gonna take McEwen, but somebody will take isaac radcliffe yeah. And if insane. if I see fucking Fletcher make move wave
2: all wave like, that, oh, wave like a better job, be yeah. fucking
1: fired. If I see another Nicholas Obeku Bell situation where the guy's obviously going to get taken.
2: But with a guy mm. that not is not the thing with yes. Obeku Bell that you could be like well uh like Okay, you know, penal like super um, undisciplined with the penalties. Smaller guy, and even that one was obvious. Yeah, even that one. Yeah, exactly. Even that one, we knew. But a guy like Rackliff, who's six six, in the NHL, he's gone. They're not moving him. A snap in a snap. There's
1: no way they're gonna waive him. I I honestly think that Isaac Rackliff is gonna be on this team. I I, I, hope. Yeah, I I really think it's a mistake to even worry too much. I'll be honest with you, the type of situation we're in. I'm not saying I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I do not f- focus on. I think it's a mistake to even play veterans. I think I think it's a mistake. Ho- keep these young guys. See what they have. You're not very good anyway.
2: You might as well see. You,
1: yeah. Yeah, like developing Brown isn't doing anything for you.
2: But also, like, like Tortorella, you can move
1: Patrick Brown.
2: Yeah. Well, and you can you can, can find be in the another, minors. You can find another guy. You should be, be waived. Brown. Yeah, I he agree. should be in the
1: minors to start the year. There's no reason for him to start with the Flyers. I'd rather have Lesinski. I'd rather keep the players. I don't yeah. need Brown. He can be taken. I'd rather not lose Lysinski or yeah. or Radcliffe. Like, these but are the also, guys. How many
2: practic or how many not practic? How many Patrick Browns are going to be on waivers to start? Like,
1: a lot. Off, and that's off, and that's why they'll do it
2: with recall waivers. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you, that's they why they can do it. Like I
1: mean. Exactly. I don't know if they'll do it, but that I, I'm just I don't want to lose any young players because we're holding on to some. Vet. We are not in the position. We are not a playoff team. You do yeah. not need a veteran fourth line center. No. Sorry, that's when you're a playoff team. That's why I wanted one. There's like, oh, we're a playoff team. We need a gritty fourth line center who can take punishments. I don't have to put a kid
2: there right now. I'm like, I'd rather give the ice time to a kid. I'd rather yeah. give it to Lazinski. Not too and like like you know what you got. to He's co- healthy. You got a coach just, like uh, John Tortorella. Yeah. Who can get the most out of younger guys and kind of give, give all- them the introduction to the NHL? Just do let, it let him, now. Yeah. Let 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 them, you know, do it. Start mix, the culture. Exactly. exactly. Let them um, let them. Yeah. Go, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Last topic here, I guess, as we're kind of rambling on. Uh, did you want to get into that um athletic efficiency contract kind of rating? Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Okay, cool. So basically, um, Dom uh, Lassustian of The Athletic, I probably butchered that, uh, brought up an, or wrote an article um, about NHL contract efficiencies just earlier today, grading every team and their efficiency in the league. Uh, the Flyers topped out at 28th, I believe. Yeah, so 28th worst NHL contract efficiency um, and got an overall D-plus rating. Um, I don't really buy much stock into things like this just because like it takes such a small sample size yeah. of a season in terms of like analytics and also you're, you're using analytics that might not um, you know, be things that are actively used by NHL teams on a daily basis to kind of grade out their players. So obviously there's a bias here in a certain sense, based on the models used the sample size used. So personally, I mean, 28th worst NHL contract efficiency efficiency doesn't bother me just based on that. Uh, I do find a couple of these interesting though. That's, that's kind of hilarious is um, so we'll go down. So basically Joel Fairby has a B plus contract grade with a surplus value of 7.9 million. So they say that he should be getting paid 7.9 million but he's getting paid 5 million. I don't know where the fuck they get those numbers from. That's the first problem. <laughs> but um, there's like, there's an interesting amount. So connect the another, so 1.8 million surplus value. So he should be getting paid 1.8 million more Morgan Frost as well. 0.1 million. Then you get into like, Cam Atkinson should be getting paid uh, 500000 less. less. Um, Scott Long should be getting paid like a lot less. James Van Reem's like $3 million less. Sean Couturier, a lot less. Nicholas Delorier, a lot less. Kevin Hayes, a lot less. Um,
1: Sean Couturier getting paid a lot less, huh?
2: Yeah, apparently. Oh,
1: those stats are really, really impressive.
2: From a season where the guy was injured the whole time. I hate it. Like. hate Models the models don't so make a lot of sense. And then you have Tony D'Angelo actually has the best contract on the team with an a uh, and he apparently should be getting paid about four million dollars more based on his analytic model. What a
1: bargain.
2: So we're getting it. But th- isn't that hilarious that like everybody's shitting on D'Angelo in the contract? And then you have all these analytics being like, actually the flash be paid yeah. eight million a year instead. Yeah. And, so like it's it's funny because they're both wrong. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like it, it literally just shows the fact that like there's no perfect answer but also
0: like after the end of a good fight you deserve a ice cold reward is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter Medella is your reward Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Things aren't as bad as this model makes it out to be for these contracts at all. That model's I, a joke.
0: Yeah. I, I, mean, honestly, I, think, a
2: joke. I think the irony really comes from the fact that, like, at least for me, that I, this whole summer, the fan base is shitting on a guy like D'Angelo. Yeah. And they're saying, like, oh, look at the team. Like, they're not focusing on analytics. Um, they don't trust their analytics department. They... They, you know, they don't use it as a tool. And then they have the athletics, Dom Lesushin, who's like a big analytics guy, basically say that like that's the best analytical contract on the team. So it's just that's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, man, all I can really say <laughs> yeah. in terms of the impact. has. Yes, and I personally think D'Angelo is going to be a great addition. Like, I, I think he's, well, he's a great it, player. It, he explains, along, but... it
1: explains why the Flyers targeted D'Angelo.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it, he, he brings a lot just of what they need. I, yeah. So.
1: Comparing his contractual value when he played for a different team to the team that he's playing with makes zero sense.
2: No, that, that's it, the thing. It with makes, the model, is, is, that doesn't make a lot of so sense. So stupid. You don't know how he's going to fit. You don't know who he's playing with.
1: It, it also, the metrics are based off of completely different scenarios. So yeah, comparing exactly. him as a one for because, one with the other
2: makes Because no you're sense. also putting him on a team. Different team. That, yeah. Yes. It didn't uh, it even doesn't make any sense. Season,
1: it, it, I mean, the sheer fact that you think that Sean Couturier is way overpaid. It again, I know what the list is doing. It's accounting for an injured player and for the yeah. injured version of Sean Couturier. What he did last year, he gets paid too much for what he contributed last year. Okay, but that is not a reflection of what the player is. Just like D'Angelo is an awesome player, he's probably not a nine million dollar defenseman. No. What's his name? Seth Jones. And I said this, and I don't know if people agreed with me or not. I was like, this man is not
2: worth $9 No, not at all. None of those guys who got that money were worth that money. None
1: of them were worth that money. All of those GMs were wrong to give that money away to those players, and they will all suffer for it. All of them. That's the price in the market. Okay, well, then don't be the idiot in the market that gives players those numbers because they're not worth that much. And now look at Chicago. They're in a full-on rebuild, and they have a defenseman who's worth about seven million a year, getting nine.
2: Yeah, and, and a then half. you also gave up like two first-round picks for him, a second-round pick, and then um, was it Bo Adam Boquist? Who, if like, you're going go to go for it, just
1: as... just go for it, man. Just, just you're not going to give up the first or fifth overall pick. Thank God, Fletcher didn't do that. I would. I dude, mean, I he, had had a a off, he had a bad he had a bad off
2: season, but I'm pretty happy he didn't do that either because. I think Goechi is gonna be a pretty solid pick.
1: For every horrible move that Fletcher makes, there is a, a saving decent move. In a there's set. a decent move out there, but there aren't great moves out there.
2: No, there's no great. There's no great. That's Again, for sure. the
1: Niskan one's the only one I can think of. That's the yeah. only trade that I can cheer I mean, out. Say there was no downside to. Yeah. We won I mean, that trade. I like, I don't right we now, like I'm
2: trying, I'm trying to think really hard like about like some sort of move. Like, other than yeah, man, it's it's true. Pretty much other, we've parked back to it. Other
1: I, I, you than, could make case the Wayne Simmons trade was actually an amazing return if you kept Ryan Hartman.
2: Technically, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you could. Honestly, I mean the Alice trade in hindsight looked good. Um, it didn't play out the way they wanted. Really value out for,
1: value wise, you can't shit on him for that because because he's not
2: like asset wise not all of the
1: chips ended up being broken in it so that's what i mean
2: he didn't get hosed there you know yeah nobody got that though he's he's getting hosed pretty regularly yeah
1: yeah the ghost trade he got he got torn a new asshole one
2: he got even the
1: d'angelo one it's a again an asset that they weren't going to sign anyway and you give a second a third and a fourth uh there was probably competition for him i totally see that um, if it's really true that the Flyers tried to sign him last year and were blocked from it, that's him, even that's I, pathetic. I, that's and pathetic I, and, and I,
2: I kind of feel bad for Fletcher in that sense. Like yeah. If, and, if, and you're, I, uh, if your higher ups are blocking you for making a move, I mean, it's not and, and, you and, really do. And so. again,
1: uh, fire the business division. I've said it over and over again. Like, I don't know what to say. You know, it's everything, not like this has
2: been booming under the business divisions. So. Look,
1: I don't care about that statue. Okay. I don't care. I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. But the way they there. went about awesome. that. Just shows the lack of attention to detail, the lack of understanding, and the fact that we just keep spiraling down this rabbit hole of overreactions, underreactions, not understanding. And you know, we think it's Fletcher. Maybe it's not just Fletcher. I mean, you look at the business decisions that the Flyers have made, they have not been great. No, they're they're in some cases worse than what Chuck Fletcher is doing. So you can make a case
2: uh, that maybe think- they're
1: influencing this more than we think
2: it's possible and that's I mean, a problem i mean collectively you never know how the structure is going to work in a corporate environment like comcast it's kind of hard to why would anybody be able to out, tell fletcher so. that he
1: can not if it's true maybe it's not true but why would anybody be able to tell fletcher he can't sign tony d'angelo well honestly, fuck us in the some long sort of, term.
2: some sort of some sort of public relations imagine office, if we had tony
1: here, d'angelo like. last year instead of keith yandle
2: I mean, the team probably isn't as shit just for the fact that, like, you have a guy that could have just hopped up and played in Ryan Ellis' spot. And, we probably like, would have been, lost
1: him this offseason. We probably would have traded him for an asset.
2: Maybe. It's possible, yeah. But, I mean, at least you would have had a guy that could have hopped up and been like, well, we still have him to play. And, like, it only would have been for a million dollars around there. And you think the guy is going to try to really... You know, have a good season and prove Her that he can play, play in the Better, well, I mean, if you look at D'Angelo, like his last season was a make or break for him. Like, he's if never he's never had a bad season. In the league. No, no, no. But I mean, make he's or been break good in the... every year. I mean, make or break in a <laughs> sense, like for him, character-wise, like if he stepped in a line, did some like bullshit on the side, he was done. So, like, I, I, you know, he, he kept himself I, in line, man. Like, I got to give props to the guy for that. I see. I don't think that that is true. It's possible. Yeah, I just, I just. Do, my
1: I, my thing is that I think just like removing the statue, we have a lot of people nowadays who, who think it's wise to react quickly to things. Yeah. You know, I don't know what happened exactly with Tony D'Angelo. I don't know what happened with him in New York. I find it very strange that he's the one who was punched in the face and then he's the one who got kicked off the team. And then Gorgiev is the one who, who leaves anyway in the end, who also yeah. apparently had problems in the locker room. I don't know if it's all Tony. I don't know exactly what happened. I have a very hard time believing that it's probably
2: a bit of both, to be honest. Like,
1: well, I just have a hard time believing that. that let's say Tony D'Angelo went to another league and put up massive numbers that somebody wouldn't have been like, all right. Yeah. Like notice yeah, this team, possible. if that rumor is true, they did not approve signing him for a million dollars, but they did approve trading a second, a third, a fourth and signing him for two years. Oh,
2: after really, he showed that he was very yeah. good. It really goes back to the fact that, like, I, I don't know, like I said, we don't know who's making these decisions, but it just goes back for me to that like this flyers brass. I don't know what section is making these decisions or who are is making either. them. But like the brass just won't take a chance on something unless it's a hundred percent confident. They still didn't do it.
1: Yeah, I know. and that's the biggest disappointment of this offseason. Didn't not one, not not a single guy that you thought, you know, this guy had like a down year last year but he's got some talent. They don't bring him that. in to see.
2: So this manager stuff does not, do I mean, tip actually. it, but they traded for him. Like that's a different yeah, like, frost. Like I mean, like they're doing
1: it without, with our guys. Yeah.
2: You know? They're doing it with, with their own players. But like, personally for me, like, you know, I don't like the Deloria signing. He might prove me wrong. I, I don't hate the guy at all. I'd love to see him play well, but like I would have allocated, uh, the 1.75 million. Kubelik. In Kubelik yeah. Yeah. That's He'd a perfect here. example. That, that's exactly what I thought of. Is yeah. like, there's... Well, the, the reason being, too, is because you have your Joel... your home you, run. That's your home run, but you also have Joel Faraby, who's a left winger, who's out, and Kubelik's also a fairly young guy that but, can step into that position, but, potentially.
1: No, no, 100%, but where are the swings? Like, if
2: you hit on a guy like D'Angelo... Well, just, Fletcher's really just bunting. Th- that's what I'm playing.
1: saying, like, but if you hit on a guy like Kubelik, or you hit a guy like uh, D'Angelo, or DeBrinket you know, going way back, like, this when you are not good, this is your chance to do this. Yeah, exactly. It, you don't have as much room to do that when you are good because well, you need pressure. exactly what exactly. you need. Right. So like you can't take risks with your lineup when you don't have a defined lineup and you have so many question marks. Like, that's why I'm hoping, but you know what? PTOs. Let's make a signing.
2: Yeah. I, I hope I'm so. hoping
1: for a bunch of PTOs. Like it would be cool to see Braden Holpe trying out for the flyers, you know, as a PTO yeah. or
2: whatever. Well, he's done actually, but that would, I don't know. I'm just,
1: Throw an example. Did he retire officially?
2: Well, not officially, but I just read reports from like all the big insiders, like Friedman, LeBron, all that stuff. Um, Apparently, his knee is like shot. Like he, like he, he has not been healthy apparently in that region for a while. So he's just gonna kind of quietly hang it up. You know. Yeah. But kudos to you though. He was a great goalie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the Flyers still have a great goalie nobody talks about it anymore. Because harder
2: heart, yeah. Because the team's just shit, apparently. So no matter what they have, they're, are, they're always bad. <laughs>
1: I, you know what I but. just love, though? I love that, like, you know, Rick Tockett is, like, everybody wants Tockett. We want a guy who holds this team accountable and blah, blah, blah. I keep hearing that with the Torch thing. He's going to hold everybody accountable. I really don't think that that's what Tortorella's uh, specialty is. Like, I I think every coach holds their players accountable, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, AV bench players uh uh what's his name?
2: Hackstall bench players. I think it's more just a sense of like the relationship between the coaches and that, the players and just being like honest with them. I think that's more I, what it is. Like but, but I don't I
1: don't think it was ever I don't think that that was a problem with I think that Michelle Terrion is very honest with you about how he feels about you.
2: Oh yeah, no. I just mean the way they communicate. I just think the, yes, team, the, exactly. key, the team couldn't deal with that, and the exactly. way the way Tordarella communicates is a little more straightforward the, and less passive aggressive. But but isn't isn't that the do.
1: opposite of what people are talking about when they're going he because they're like oh he's gonna hold it that's he's not coming in here to hold them accountable that is not like. Oh, we need a coach who can walk in here to hold these guys accountable. I no, do not. Tortorella think, is
2: going to say from the first day, like we're going to play my way or not. Like there's not going to. be. I think be... every coach says that. Yeah, That's exactly. What That's what I mean. Yeah. But but I don't. I, I say I know what you're
1: saying, but I'm saying that that is not the selling point for Tortorella. That I, in my opinion, the selling point for Tortorella is what I've been saying. It's actually the opposite of what you guys are saying. They are going to have somebody who cares more about them than their previous coach.
2: Yeah, that well, is what's. I don't think AV who, cared that much. No, he might not care, but also like players can see how invested somebody is and like, and, and can see that, you know what, this coach has my best interests in mind. And I, I don't know if AV necessarily had that, those interests in mind. I, I think it was think, more I think it was more of like a, a me. like I want to keep my job, I want my interests in, in my own mind. Well, I want them to play how I want them to play. things along those lines. But I think Stran Tortorella, arguably, I mean he obviously wants the team to play well but he also wants to make sure players are playing the best of their capability, which I don't know if AV um, was ever on that page.
1: I I think Uh, it's like to the detail of this, like that John Tortorella would also be like, not only do I want my player to do well on the ice, but I want him to, uh, to get married and build friendships with his friends and also build good hobbies and habits outside. Like that is Tortorella. He wants to be your dad. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. This team needs a dad like they need somebody who is going to come and be like, clean your goddamn room up like right now. Get your ass together. We're going running like that. Like they need the guy, the dad who shows up at 4 a.m. and be like, kick your door open, and be like, you said you want to be on the hockey team, right? Type We're starting practice. now. Like, like, that's what we need. Yeah. That's what Tortorella is. He's a little bit of a nut. He'll love you for it. He'll go crazy. He'll show up at you know crazy hours. He'll make you run. Like A V won't do that. He'll be like, look, these are my expectations, this is what I need. We're we're gonna be a good team. And I have a history of being a good team. If you follow what I do, we can be good. All right, let's do it. Like that's A V and Tortorella is like the weird guy who's gonna be like, How are things going at home? Huh? What's going on with your wife? What's going on with your kids? did you consider buying a dog? I feel like, like there's
2: more motivation. To- he, he is going to
1: psychoanalyze player. every single yeah. person on this team, and some people might not like it, but that's what they need, and they don't need us to do it as the fans from the stands going, you're a loser. They need somebody who actually is their part of the process to be like, I know why you're not giving me 100%. I figured it out.
2: Yeah, but there's also two players see that right. Like they see that Torrell's invested in them, and and the fact that they're you know, want them not to gonna succeed. Eat. So that that's I, I think a thing that a lot of players like welcome. That like yes. you know what this guy is interested in my game. He's interested in he's, me. He's interested I'm in to, me. I, I want to play for a guy like that. Yeah. Right?
1: He's not so. interested in the left winger. He's le- yeah. interested in me. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm I perfect. think Av a is, yeah, he's more interested as you as a left winger. He could yeah. deny that, but that's the attitude that I got from him.
0: Yeah, and that's not exactly. always
1: the worst thing. Like sometimes no. you walk into a team full of superstars, right? Tortorella might not be the best guy there. Maybe that no. is an AV that walks in and be like, "Yo, guys, here's a roadmap. You already know what you guys got to play
2: hockey. We're here, exactly." But
1: don't I? I know you guys are professionals. There's nothing wrong here. We're gonna come in, put in a new game plan, and go. That's not where the Flyers are. The Flyers are back to square one. They need
2: to build out the game plan in the first. Yeah, place,
1: so. like that's next year for Tortorella to come in and be like. You guys already know the drill should have prepared this off season. You knew what it was last year. All my captains are in place. All my shits in place. Now bring me more talent. Let's make this team better. Like, yeah. I think that's
2: the route we're going on. I do We have anything do.
1: else to talk about?
2: Oh, uh, not much. i think, I think we kind of went through it all, even though there's no news. <laughs> there is no news. <laughs> yeah. Is there any upcoming news? Ah, uh, no, unfortunately not, not no milestones uh, or anything nothing i mean if there is i don't know them off the top of my head unfortunately um yeah. but i mean from from uh, our podcast perspective uh i think last week was 118th episode so yeah. we so almost we're almost, we're almost 120 so next week's 120 so that's a big number so there I you go
1: dude i can't believe that like yeah. look one day i'm gonna be saying dude this is episode 200. 200 yeah i know That's a lot of time spent. Yeah. A lot of time spent talking. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. Vasily, what do you got uh, for folks? Anything coming out soon? Uh, nothing
2: too, um, you know. It's a slow not, season. Not, yeah. Not, not, nothing really coming out. Um, I might have something up this weekend in terms of like a breakout type article. Mm-hmm. Um, what type of players might, you know, break out um, going into next season? I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you might already have an inkling of what that might be about. So. Check it out. Might be uh, up up probably Friday, Saturday around that time. Um, yep. So this should hit your feeds uh, tomorrow, which would be Thursday. So thanks yep. for listening, everybody. We, we we appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, shout out to our sponsor, Jim Steaks. Uh, make sure that you guys keep track of that. Again, send them your love. Um, even probably some messages on their social or whatever. Probably good enough. Again, we do have the GoFundMe account, which again we're not going to be keeping a cent of that. That is all for them um we don't do that stuff again if you have not noticed we do not do most of this for profitability so we're not starting with this so yeah, yeah sure you can we're just
2: them. we're just here for the flyers guys. yeah
1: that's so. yeah, what motivates me otherwise i would not be doing this um yeah so make sure to uh support them and then when they're back up we'll let people know if you guys are in the philly area or whatever um yeah it's just a shame but yeah good luck to them and we'll keep uh the shout outs them going forward uh again like and subscribe or to our stuff it's a huge help the subscriber numbers again still trying to carry all that up uh reviews comments you guys are commenting more and more all the time it's so awesome um thank you yeah sincerely it's awesome um leaving comments even yeah. you know about everything um i do and read
2: ho- and everything. hopefully yeah i read everything as well and hopefully i mean with the news being slow, maybe we can try to get like a a mailbag type episode I know. In the next couple oh, weeks God. we'll try to put something out on twitter and see what happens we're just really bad like we're both in tech so we're just busy so we're just really social social media unfortunately we need a, we need an account manager d- for
1: all <laughs> of you guys wondering i literally was working up until the se- se- the minute that we started recording this yeah podcast. i
2: worked like, till i worked till seven so yeah, yeah at ten so just yeah
1: slid over here to continue in front of this. a
2: computer just in front of computers, all, all fucking. <laughs> yeah, it
1: won't be done till like midnight tonight. So, fun day, sweet. All right, thank you everybody again for listening. We really appreciate. It. We love you guys. Like, subscribe, share the whole thing again. Try to stay a little more positive and at least wait till a little bit in the season before um, you decide it's all over. That's all. And the sky is falling.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, we love you all. We love the Flyers still, and remember always stay grief